just about every culture on Earth has its own UFO case that's said to be the very best evidenced proof of alien visitation. And Brazil is no exception. It happened in 1996. And this string of events, depending on how you look at it, can either amount to that best of the best proof of aliens, or to almost nothing at all. The Virginia UFO is coming up right now on Skeptoid. Are you ready to take your Skeptoid experience to the next level? Head on over to Skeptoid.com slash GoPremium to become a proud member and unlock a world of exclusive benefits. Picture this, ad-free listening and extended versions of every new episode, diving deep into the mysteries and real truth without interruption. Take this opportunity to elevate your journey and join the Skeptoid community today. Skeptoid.com slash GoPremium. This episode of Skeptoid is sponsored in part by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. You're listening to Skeptoid. I'm Brian Dunning from Skeptoid.com. Brazil's Roswell, the Virginia UFO. It happened in January of 1996 and came to be known as the most compelling proof of alien visitation in Brazil. Virginia is a municipality deep inside Brazil's coffee region. Many Brazilian plantations' coffee output flows through here. But unfortunately, it is less well known for that than for the evening of January 20th, when three young women saw an oily brown creature kneeling in the mud and rain and fled. They reported they'd seen a devil. But that wasn't all. A series of strange events throughout town, most of it involving military police and trucks, attracted even more attention. Today, ufologists have pieced together a story that an alien spacecraft had crashed, that both craft and occupants had been seized by the military, and that the military covers it up to this day. If you want the entire story, as told by the ufologists, you have a great source. The 2022 documentary Moment of Contact interviews a number of the people who were involved and presents it as a true case of alien visitation. It also offers a stark example of how these stories grow and change enormously over the years. Original eyewitnesses tend to add story elements, often bridging their own recollections to those of others. New people, intrigued at the prospect of some notoriety, always, quote, come forward and claim to have been there. And imaginative authors always, 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 add no end of creative enhancements that, over time, blend in and come to be accepted as part of the standard narrative. The inevitable result is a story full of incredible events, all supported by amazingly trustworthy eyewitnesses, all inexplicable as anything earthly. 
Such a tapestry offers fertile soil for any documentary filmmaker. One thing such filmmakers hope you never do is go back and read the original newspaper accounts, because what you tend to discover is that almost nothing particularly interesting happened until later years festooned the facts with embellishments. Calling the Virginia UFO the most compelling proof of alien visitation is a very strong statement, especially given that today, nearly 30 years later, there is still not a single piece of evidence that aliens walk among us, nor even any evidence that anything at all happened in Virginia in 1996. So let us take a very hard and very critical look at this event. The three young women, aged 14, 16, and 22, saw the creature during a blustery rainstorm. The younger two were sisters who ran home and sent their mother to go see. The mother reported nothing but a smell of ammonia. Even though the winds were reported to be quite strong, the ufologists still attributed that smell to the creature the girls had seen. Once this was reported in the local news as an alien, two farmers, a married couple, reported that they'd watched a UFO hovering over their field several days earlier. This was reported as well, and that's when people started taking account of just about anything unusual they'd seen over those days. Some of the most commonly retold events are that a convoy of military trucks went roaring through town. A pair of short alien beings were seen being treated at a local hospital. And also at the same hospital, mysterious trucks delivered a large amount of mechanical equipment or parts as well as a body in a body bag. Brazilian ufologists wrote and spoke a lot about the incident, but the government itself took no notice. At least they didn't until the death of a military police officer, Marco Eli Charizzi. Only 23 years old, he died some weeks after the incident. It was said that no cause of death could be determined, but that unidentifiable toxins were found in his body. It is reported that after having handled the body of the alien, he became infected with some disease and succumbed to it. Investigators later wanted to exhume his body for study, but were refused by a judge for reasons of national security. With this final straw, public outcry for the truth about the aliens was such that the military opened an official investigation into the reports. UFO author Stanton Friedman got into this story as well. Although Friedman died in 2019, he appears in Moment of Contact and tells the basic story of the crashed spaceship, the wandering aliens, and the military trucks hauling away the wreckage. He's usually introduced in UFO films as a nuclear physicist, but in fact he was a career UFO author and lifelong promoter of alien visitation claims. Friedman's whole career, in fact, consisted of compiling bits and pieces of poor-quality evidence, mainly unverified eyewitness testimony, usually taken years or decades after an event, and then composing an original alien visitation story that incorporates all those bits and is presented as the factual account of what happened. He's best known as the original author of the Roswell mythology, in which he worked with a retired mortician named Glenn Dennis. In 1989, more than four decades after the 1947 Roswell crash was alleged to have happened, Friedman carefully wove together a string of snippets of Dennis's assorted memories of having worked in that town, and created the story we know today 
of a spaceship crash and small alien bodies being recovered. It was published in 1991, the first time that story even existed. Friedman couldn't have cared less that the things Dennis thought he remembered actually took place over a span of 12 years and had nothing to do with each other. His goal was to craft an original UFO narrative. That was Friedman's thing. That was what he did professionally. So take Stanton Friedman's appearance in Moment of Contact with a very large grain of salt, and be aware that what you're hearing comes from a man whose job was to take a few random, unrelated, unverified reports and tie them all together into an alien visitation story. Head on over to Skeptoid.com store and explore the Skeptoid store where curiosity meets cool. We have books, socks, shirts, hoodies, and more. Check out our slick new Bigfoot design, where the mystery of this legendary cryptid never looked so good. And while you're here, don't forget to grab a Skeptoid USB drive, your portal to all episodes and all our movies, now including the UFO movie They Don't Want You to See. That's not all we have planned. We have a lineup of way more cool stuff coming soon. So head on over, skeptoid.com slash store, and snag your swag. At last, the military investigation released its report, called an IPM for Military Police Inquiry. It was 357 pages and managed to track down the original cause of each of the many events reported, none of which had anything to do with each other and none of which involved aliens or crashed flying saucers. Sharizi, the young military police officer who died, did indeed die. The IPM report was not even necessary to tell us this as there was nothing secret or strange about his death, which was reported in the newspapers. Sharizi had had, for some time, a cyst under his left armpit and had been scheduled for an operation to remove it even before the incident. Later, in the hospital, the surgical site became infected and he died. Tragic, but neither unusual nor unexplained, and certainly insufficient to grant ufologists permission to exhume his body. The one thing the IPM report did add was that Sharizi had not been involved with any events on January 20th despite any number of people coming out in the decades since to claim that he had been. An easy claim to make, since Sharizi was no longer around to defend himself. The IPM report even successfully identified the creature seen by the three young women. The place where the creature was spotted was the home of Luis Antonio Japaula, about 30 years old and intellectually disabled, who lived there with his parents and family. As Japaula was nonverbal, locals had nicknamed him Mujinho, which means little mute. Mujinho was known to the neighbors to spend his time crouching and examining small objects he found, like cigarette butts and sticks. There are photographs of him floating around the Portuguese language internet, very skinny, hunched over, squatting as he studies a twig, and apparently wearing a diaper. At last report, Mujinho still lives there to this day and still continues his favorite activity. The lead author of the IPM report, Lieutenant Colonel Lucio Carlos Pereira, wrote, The more probable hypothesis is that this citizen, probably dirty due to the rains and crouching next to a wall, 
was mistaken by three terrified girls for a space creature. As Mugino did live there, and that was his typical behavior, then for the young women to have seen a space creature, there would have to have been two such beings, the known one, Mugino, and the hypothetical one, an alien. But as they reported only one skinny humanoid crouching in the mud, and not two, we are left with no rational support for there having been any beings present other than Mugino. Today, the three women do still give interviews about their experience. There's one very important detail that has changed since their original story. Today, they say they knew Mugino well and had even given him cigarettes in the past. So, of course, they would not have mistaken him for an alien. However, in their original reports from 1996, they said they didn't know him and took him for a devil when they saw him. It's one more example of stories changing and growing to fit a changing and growing narrative that gains mass traction in pop culture. Everyone wants to be in on it, and everyone wants to be seen as credible and correct. The convoy of military trucks going through town was nothing more than a convoy of military trucks going through town to be dropped off for scheduled maintenance, which was exactly what happened to them. The trucks dropping off strange mechanisms at the hospital were delivering new cardiovascular equipment. The ambulance was dropping off a corpse that had been exhumed as part of an ongoing criminal investigation. The pair of small aliens at the hospital were expectant parents having their baby delivered, and they were little people. All of this information is widely available and pops right up during the most cursory search, and so the producers of programs like Moment of Contact absolutely had this information. For them to have not come across it, they would have had to be implausibly incompetent researchers. They'd have known the history and practices of writers like Stan Friedman. So when programming comes out that suggests something mysterious or suppressed took place, we can confidently conclude that its creators had no interest in being truthful, but were merely just another in a long assembly line of generic, sensationalized UFO mythology. Time and time again, from the Roswell non-event of 1947 to the Phoenix Lights of 1997, we see UFO stories explained with verified facts down to the last detail with all the evidence presented. And yet there are still true believers who scoff at that, dismiss it as fake evidence that proves a cover-up conspiracy, and insist upon their preferred alien visitation explanation with no evidence at all. Some minds are absolutely closed to any but their own preferred explanation. While some say that the Virginia UFO story is the most compelling proof of alien visitation, I come to a different conclusion, but I'm still willing to grant it most compelling status. It is the most compelling example of a case where literally nothing at all happened that was remotely unusual and was magnified into a case considered unassailable proof of alien visitation by many. To those believers... I would suggest recalibrating where you set the bar for quality of evidence. But you know who already has a high standard of evidence? Skeptoid's premium supporters, such as Dave Pasquantonio, Alex Czar, Gareth Priceless from New Zealand, and Karen Coy. 
Did you know you can have Skeptoid come to you? I love doing live shows, either at meetup clubs, university groups, and conferences. I can show one of our movies like Science Friction, do a live podcast, or just give one of my popular presentations. For more information, come to Skeptoid.com and click on Live Shows. You're listening to Skeptoid, a listener-supported program. I'm Brian Dunning from Skeptoid.com. Hi, this is Mark from Santa Fe, New Mexico. You know, when you consider that every single day we're exposed to such an avalanche of deliberate disinformation, conspiracy theories, false claims, hidden agendas, and outright lies, that it's no wonder that we can feel overwhelmed by it all. How can anyone know what to believe anymore? Well, by employing skepticism, critical thinking, and deliberate search for truth through science. That's how. Let Brian Dunning and Skeptoid be your guide in separating real facts from fiction. After enjoying episodes for a good many years, I finally decided to give back and become a premium member. Thank you, Brian, for performing a very valuable public service. Oh, yes. The episodes are also very well produced and very entertaining. There are so many great resources and tremendous library of past episodes you will have access to. I would highly recommend you consider becoming a premium member today.